Welcome to the Romans 911 Project Podcast, where stepping into the reconnection in the one new man and the fullness of John 17 love and unity is becoming a reality. In each episode, join Grant Barry to drill down deeper into this reconnection and alignment message and the final reforms for the ecclesia, for the church. As we will discover, the reconnection becomes a power key to open the door to God's end-time plans to help restore the family of God for the preparation of the bride, the last great harvest, and Israel's salvation, all of which will lead to the Lord's return. The reconnection message has end-time consequences for us all. Here's Grant. Beloved, we're continuing to take a look at eschatology, at least in the initial stage of the Romans 911 project teachings, more from a messianic perspective. And we've spoken a little bit about the the millennium and the thousand year reign actually being a real period on the face of the earth. And, and that's what we really believe. There's a significance to the Lord coming back to the earth and us getting it right for a thousand years. Can you just imagine that? just with no oppression uh, with the, all the demonic spirits in the second heaven gone uh, not coming against uh, the body of believers and uh, us ruling and reigning uh, uh, an Israeli monarch with Yeshua back on the throne and this is this is the key that we want to, one of the other key elements we want to focus on for, from a messianic perspective is that we truly, or most of us, I should say, truly believe that Yeshua has to come back to reign on the earth, to sit on his earthly throne. He's in, you know, with the cross and resurrection, he defeated the curse of sin. He's, he's enthroned in the heavens. Um, and everything ultimately is under his control, but he is still to establish his rule and reign on the earth. So I want to read a, a, a couple of beautiful prophetic scriptures to you that I hope you enjoy. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, east of Jerusalem, and the Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, Whoa. forming a great valley with half of the mountain moving north and half moving south. And then the Lord my God will come and all of the holy ones with him. There it is again. On that day, there will be neither sunlight nor cold, frosty darkness. It will be a unique day known only to the Lord with no distinction between day and night when evening comes there will be light on that day living water will flow out from Jerusalem half of it east to the Dead Sea and half of it west to the Mediterranean Sea in summer and in winter 
See, there are still four seasons there, right? Well, kind of like that in Israel, but there are four seasons. The Lord will be king over the whole earth. And on that day, there will be one Lord and his name, the only name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. The whole land from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, will become like the Arabah. How would you like a house right on the side of that river? But Jerusalem will be raised up high from the Benjamin Gate to the site of the first gate. This, I think, is, is, is the, where, where the Lord's temple is actually going to be. That's my thought, anyway. To the corner gate and from the Tower of Hananel to the royal wine presses and will remain in its place. It will be inhabited Never again will it be destroyed. Jerusalem will be secure. Zechariah chapter 14, 4 through 11. Can you imagine the glory of that day? God's dynasty that is in the heavens will be established fully on the earth. And the Lord will take his seat on David's throne in fulfillment of his promises. Take a look at 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 13, Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, and Revelations chapter 11, verse 15. He will rule and reign for a thousand years until the new Jerusalem comes among us and all things will be made final. The fulfillment of David's throne on the earth is a crucial part of messianic eschatology, just as it was with Israel before Yeshua came. Wow, beloved. And again, that this is my opinion. And you can tell I'm pretty passionate about it. Let's read on. I'm going to read from Revelations 21, verses 1 through 4. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain. He seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. I'm not sure why, but we know it's going to happen. And I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Yeshua, about Jesus, and because of the word of God. Is that those that are being headed up to this time in history? Or is that also that will suffer or, or, or experience martyrdom during the period of the Antichrist when he comes to rule and reign before Yeshua comes. Who's he going to come against? 
And it's interesting because my thought in those days is some of us will be martyred, but the others, those of us left on the earth, will be suddenly protected, much like the Israelites did not experience seven of the ten plagues. There was some kind of sovereign protection for the body during that time. Those that God has planned to last until the rapture, at, at whatever point it actually takes place. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Mashiach, with Christ, for a thousand years. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That's everything that we're living in now, gone, changed, transformed. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order, like this word, these words, the old order of things has passed away. Revelations 21, one through four. I think we can apply that both to the millennial period and to the period of the new Jerusalem. The old orders have passed away. Beloved, we're coming and close to experiencing a new way of life on the earth. And it's something that we're going to have to fight for and partner with the Lord our God in prayer and intercession in order for this to happen. And I would just submit to you, again, in my own thoughts, my opinion, that I personally see no reason why we cannot take these writings literally and agree that sin is dealt its blow and the devil is bound for a thousand years and after that thrown into the lake of fire, especially when the rest of scripture and the prophecies back this up and ties into it. This is fundamental to our understanding of the Word of God. And we should never look to take Scripture out of context or over-spiritualize it to meet our beliefs. This is where we can get into trouble. Ultimately, Scripture must explain itself and flow with the balance. But I do understand and accept that there are different views and interpretations of these Scriptures. The great question that truly challenges us during these days is, can we possibly unite into the fight for this earth despite some of our differing views? And beloved, I want to say to you that this is where we need to focus on the Lord's greatest commandment. 
which was to love one another that the world would know. And I truly believe as we look at this end times, as we look at the preparation of the bride, as we look at the Father needing to rebuild his church, to rebuild love and unity in the body, that we are going to see the fruit of the Spirit more than the power of the Spirit. We're going to see the fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, melt away the obstacles first in the body. Remember, judgment begins in the house. It starts with our minds, our hearts. And the Lord is calling us into a place where we, in the nations, need to stand in the gap for our firstborn brethren who are part of the family so that the Father can restore his love and restore us to himself and ultimately send the fullness of glory upon us. And that is going to make the world jealous. When everything goes crazy and the shakings increase more and more and more, pray God it will be the love and the joy and the peace that is in us that will provoke those in the world to wanting more and wanting to come back into a connection with the creator of the universe, with the God of all things, with a God who loved us so much that he sent his only son to lay down his life. For God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him and to save us from the curse of sin that has caused us to be spiritually dead and separate. And it's only when we ultimately come into the place of, of confronting and dealing with that sin that we can come into a place of greater freedom. One of the first things that the Lord convicts most of us when as he draws us to him in his gentleness and his sovereign way is that we understand that he is a holy God and above us but he has made a way for us to be free of this curse and if we walk by the spirit we will not fulfill the desires of the flesh you know with all the goings on in the earth right now the the shakings the weather um you know i'm i'm not going to get into a discussion as i mentioned before about global warming but just to conclude this this thought there's a lot more going on than just global warming the world is starting to experience the shakings and it's not just about global warming those are a day uh, a full diversion to our thoughts and i'm not i'm not criticizing you know that whole concept of the fact that temperature is warming up it is but it's most probably the 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 result of sin coming into a place that judgment comes upon the earth and we know that the world in its current state is is going to face great challenges but this isn't just because of of something man has 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 uh, uh, contemplated through uh, through science 
um, the Lord is beginning to shake the world because he wants to get our attention and um, we need wisdom to know how to navigate conversations with people in the world that are constantly trying to explain these things away um, and are therefore missing the signs, the alarm signs that are sounding in the earth for us to get our attention that we truly need to get our hearts right. So beloved, um, just to conclude this this initial discussion on messianic eschatology, um, the most important thing for us all is that we would watch and pray. It's all going to work out in the end. And let's face it, uh, when, uh, when John the Baptist came, who actually knew who he was except for Yeshua? And this is an indication to us that not, we're not going to be able to see and interpret everything. But the key for us is to watch, be prepared, and be ready for what is about to take place. That the bride, we, his bride, would be spotless, that we would have clean hands and a pure heart. And this is what the Lord is beckoning us into, into this season now as he cuts deeper into each of our hearts. And I just want to end this with a prayer, beloved. I just want to pray for all of us that we would come into a deeper place of humility and honesty with our hearts and allow the Father to release his mercy into us, to wash away past influences, negative influences, and to really begin to prepare us for what is to come that we would be overcomers, that we would be able to take up the, the sword of the Spirit, the shield of faith, and all the armor that is needed, and to stand and be able to overcome the wiles of the enemy. Beloved, there are billions of souls out there that are still under the curse of sin that need to be brought into the light. And our Father is long-suffering and wanting to raise up his body to shine as a great light in this time that we could reach many, many, many more Jews and Gentiles with the gospel and the message of freedom that will bring us into an eternal inheritance. We will continue with the Romans 911 project as we go deeper into the restoration, into the fullness of Yeshua's heart cry of John 17, that his family would be one, that the world would know Yeshua. So until that time, beloved, may the God of Israel richly bless you. Lots of love in Yeshua. Thank you, Grant, for that insightful discussion. To dialogue with Grant and Halley, please send comments and questions to email at romans911.org. Again, that's email at romans911.org. If you resonate with the Romans 911 Project, 
Please pray about partnering with us to bring this reconnection message to the threshold of the church. Sign up for our monthly email. Join our global virtual meetings with other believers to dialogue and pray together. And most important, read the Romans 911 book, Time to Sound the Alarm, and view the Romans 911 study guide 12 to 14 hour video teachings, which are free when you purchase the study guide. The Romans 911 books and teachings are transformational into God's end time plans to prepare the bride and reform the church. They help to create the breakthrough that will change the world. The reconnection message is like a golden key from the heart of the Father to restore love and unity in God's family that opens the door to the fulfillment of Yeshua's prayer in John 17. And it establishes the pathway for the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, to receive the greater glory. But this reconnection message in the one new man has been hidden during the church age in the mystery to reawaken Israel to faith and is only just now coming to light. That's why we need your help to fund this project, to bring the message forth, to help us blow the holy shofar, to awaken the greater church into this restoration. Now is the time. Would you pray to give Chai, to give life to the reconnection, to reach the church and the messianic body and help unite the family of God? To fund the Romans 911 project, we have created the Give Chai Life Campaign. Chai is a Hebrew word meaning life, but it also represents the number 18. And for just one Chai, $18 a month, you can make a difference. Please be prayerful about this. We can't do this without precious saints like yourself who are beginning to get this revelation to help us bring this message before the church. For more information on the Romans 911 project, please visit our website at romans911.org. It's easy to remember, romans911.org. Please also subscribe to the Romans 911 project wherever you listen to podcasts at the end.